Bass Edge Radio. Commence broadcast in three, two, one. You're listening to The Edge. Everything bass fishing coming to you nationwide from the Bass Edge Studios. Happy New Year, Bass Edge Nation, all you bass heads out there, right along with Aaron and I, looking forward to a fantastic 2018, and what a better way to kick it off than right here with Bass Edge Radio. And of course, Bass Edge Radio for the 2018 season is brought to you once again by our friends at MegaWear Keelguard. You've heard Kurt and I say it many, many times before, do not fall for the imitators. Go with the original do-it-yourself keel protector with 3M adhesive and all of their products that are state-of-the-art, be sure to visit them at keelguard.com. And speaking of the new year, Kurt, looking forward to 2018, want to throw a shout-out to our entire lineup of sponsors that are back. MegaWare Keelguard, Lucas Oil, Nitro Performance Fishing Boats, O'Reilly Auto Parts, Mercury Marine, Power Pole, Lawrence Electronics, and ProtectTheHarvest.com. Obviously, all of them making our job possible to bring the latest, greatest bass fishing information out there. That's right, Aaron. And got to mention, you know, we've been having these great Facebook giveaways. Megaware has been awesome. One of our most popular Facebook giveaways has been the Flex Step. I can't tell you how many views we had on a couple of those videos. It was through the roof, maybe 30, 40, 50,000. So it's been a lot of fun. Still giving away some great prizes every month. Look for that Bass Edge giveaway through our Facebook Bass Edge Radio. Don't forget about our Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at Bass Edge. And of course, we wouldn't be complete in our social media world without Instagram, probably the leading most popular social media brand out there right now. But our Instagram is Bass Edge Radio. We'll continue to post. Please interchange with us. We love talking to the fans. And of course, that's the way to get into those giveaways and the listener question segments brought to us by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Just so many great things that are going to continue here in 2018 with Bass Edge Radio. Well, evidently, I must be anti-social, Kurt, because thank God for you and Samantha that handles our social media because um, sometimes I just don't get it. Call me old school or whatever. But another way I would like for our fans, our listeners to help us out, and that is by going to iTunes or Google Play, and you have the opportunity to give us a rating and give us a comment or a feedback. I can't tell you how far that goes with helping not only the ratings, but also we love to hear back from you guys. So numerous ways to clue us in on how we're doing, what you like to see, and certainly appreciate all the time that's out there of you guys investing with us us down through the years. So it's going to be a fun season. That's right, Aaron. Real important to mention that, you know, we do this for everybody out there listening. So if you want to hear something new, something that we're not covering, please just let us know. We will try to cover it the best that we possibly can right here on Bass Edge Radio. Similar to what Jay Kumar over at Bass Blaster does. Jay is always posting our updates. You can find out who's on our show every month through the Bass Blaster updates. So make sure you dial into Bass Blaster and you can get on that email distribution list by just sending an email to Jay BassBlaster at BassGold.com. Aaron, one of the coolest things I saw 
over the last several weeks. Of course, you know, kind of off season here, but Jay was showing a great shot of a frog underneath the lily pads. I think Kim Stricker from Hook and Look TV show took this shot and dude, lily pads are transparent. So, you know, it was a cool shot when you're looking from underneath the water up toward the sky through the lily pads. You can see little frogs and all kinds of little bugs and and stuff that are crawling around on those lily pads. So uh, I thought it was just pretty cool. It might help your frog fishing a little bit to see images like that. So thanks to Jay for sharing that. Stay tuned for more Bass Edge Radio, the protecttheharvest.com quick tip coming up next. This episode's ProtectTheHarvest.com Tackle Tip with James Niggemeyer. Hey guys, James Niggemeyer, Strike King Pro Angler. And what I want to talk about is using and choosing the right jig for the right type of equipment that you have. And for instance, Striking has a Striking Hack Attack jig, which has a really beefy hook for flipping. And it's designed to go in and out of cover. That hook really excels when you have a heavy flipping stick with a heavy braided line. Where you start to diminish your returns is with fluorocarbon. Fluorocarbon has a little bit of stretch and that hook has a really beefy hook on it. You really need that non-stretch of braided line to really get the fish hooked and landed. So Striking came out with a new Hack Attack fluoro flipping jig. And this jig is specifically designed for when you want to flip with fluorocarbon. Maybe sparser cover, clearer water, and more isolated targets. But the key to this jig is that it's got a more finer wire hook. It's still really stout, but it's not as stout as the traditional hack attack flipping jig. It's a little bit smaller. Because it's more compact, you could catch smallmouth or spotted bass when they're relating to cover with this flipping jig. It's a little bit smaller, and it's really designed so that we can really maximize the number of fish that you hook and land when it comes to needing to catch those fish with a flipping style presentation when they're relating to cover. And regardless of the species, it's just a little bit smaller, and it won't be as big in the water as your traditional hack attack flipping jig. So depending upon where you are and the cover and the water color and different things like that, sometimes you need that traditional hack attack, and then sometimes the hack attack fluoro flipping jig by striking and making that choice can make the difference between catching more and bigger fish. And there you have it, the ProtectTheHarvest.com Tackle Tip by James Nickemeyer. First by land and now by sea. For years, Lucas Oil has been a staple in high-performance vehicles on both the road and track. Now, from the makers of Lucas Oil comes Lucas Marine Products, specifically engineered for marine applications. Protect and lubricate your marine inboard, outboard, or high-performance boat with Lucas Marine Engine Oil or Lucas Synthetic-Based Oil. Learn more about the complete line of Lucas Oil and marine products. Visit lucasoil.com. Nitro Performance Fishing Boats is now the official boat of Bass Edge Radio. Be sure to check out the Nitro Z-Series Performance Fishing Boats. The 2017 lineup features five boats ranging from 17.4 up to 21 foot 2 inches. Two new models for 2017 include the Nitro Z-17, our entry-level bass boat at 17 foot 4 inches and rated for 115 horsepower. The flagship of the Nitro lineup, the Nitro Z-21 at 21.2 in length. Its performance and fishability is unmatched. Designed with input from top elite pros like KVD, Edwin Evers, Rick Klun, and Ott Defoe, Nitro Performance Fishing Boats. Champions aren't born, they're made. Well, 
Kurt, as mentioned in the opening segment, you know, new year, but also with the new calendar year means that the list and final tallies and invitations have all been sent out for both the FLW Tour and the Bassmaster Elite Series. Pretty interesting stuff as I perused what's going on there. Aaron, when you look at the calendar, it's January. Season just got through. We've had a couple, you know what, six, eight weeks off, kind of off-season type stuff, but, you know, rehashing AOYs and new folks coming into the mix for 2018. Well, it is here already. I mean, there is a uh, Costa going on at Lake Okeechobee in a matter of days. And then shortly after that is the FLW Tour starting at Okeechobee as well. And then the Bassmaster Opens, then the Elite Series events. And and dude, it just all is culminating very quickly. And as you mentioned, we have the list of pros fishing the Elite Series and the FLW Tour that was announced kind of middle of December. So let's talk about this a little bit. You know, we've got 187 pros fishing the FLW Tour, the largest field I believe that they've ever had under their current formatting. And they had to turn away over 30 other anglers that wanted to get in on the action to fish. It is absolutely amazing the participation level and how this pull through is happening from the Costa Division. Then that's on the FLW side. Let's take a look at the Elite Series side. The Elite Series had such a large participation that in order for bass to kind of get back some of their legend anglers that they wanted to be sure were included in the field, they actually extended from 110 anglers to 111. Now, that doesn't sound like a whole lot. It's just one more angler. But that just shows that they are even increasing their field size, which they're real static at that 110 range and just shows, again, the participation level. You've got 10 anglers that competed on the Elite Series in 2017 that didn't meet the recall standards on the circuit that are now going to be fishing FLW. So even guys that are successful over there in the Elite Series, I mean, you're talking about names like uh, Chad Morgan Thaler, who's won a couple of open events in the last several years. Kobe Krieger, who was in the classic bracket that everybody remembered, you know, last year. Uh, Britt Myers, several second place finishes on the Elite Series and a win just a year and a half ago over there in South Carolina. James Niggemeyer, almost a million dollar winner with BASS. I mean, it's crazy seeing some of this transition that's going on with the Elite Series to bring in some of these new rookies. You've got, I think it's 12 new rookies for the Elite Series. So lots of stuff going on. What's your take on all this, buddy? I mean, I'd love to hear what you think about the FLW participation and what you think about the Elite Series and how this is all boiling down to make 2018 extra special. Well, having not done those upper levels ever, my opinion is limited at best just because I have not been there, done that, so to speak. But, you know, we've seen over the years that there has been somewhat of a revolving door back and forth and, you know, back in the days of when PAA was in existence. Right. I think the popularity, I, I've got to believe that, you know, the high school and the college fishing has really rebirthed this new wave of interest in the sport, which is fantastic to see. I think that has brought a lot of new participants into the sport that want to get up to the levels like you guys are participating at. But the other thing is, you know, I think some of it is quite honestly financial. At the end of the day, I look at everything from, a, you know, my expertise is in the business realm. Anglers have to be able to make a living. And the old joke is, if you want to make a million dollars in bass fishing, you start out with two. And so I think there's some of that that's going on. People have to try to find which tour is going to maybe match their particular financial situation. 
But um, yeah, I mean, it's just very interesting to see how you have these jockeying of positions, you know, back and forth. And also when we're seeing full fields, yet the payouts aren't necessarily increasing. So, you know, I, that, that's a whole different conversation. And I don't want to berate any particular organization, but I think the sport is a little bit stressed financially. I mean, that's just my two cents. Yeah, I think it is, especially at the organizational level. But yet you see the dream and the want to by the participants at maybe the highest level it's been in the last 10 or 15 years. Hopefully that will transcend into the organizations being able to then come back and do more for the anglers that are floating this industry, yeah, quite norm- frankly. You know, norm- <laughs> normally that would be a leading indicator, right? I mean, that's common sense. Participation is going up. You have more demand um, right. that should actually trickle down, right? Trickle down economics. But I think the other thing is like what we've talked about before. And again, talking about just the business end, when you have people lined up to do something and the demand is there, why would you be motivated as an organization to increase your payouts? So that's the flip side of it, right? You know, I mean, it, we, yeah. we've dealt with this in fishing for a very long time. Guys that are out here trying to seek sponsorships to promote products to help them stay out on tour and do the things that they do that allows them to fish competitively. When you've got somebody that's behind you that's willing to do it for the old joke, a hat and a t-shirt, right. Um, right. are we prostituting ourselves out? So I don't have the answers, but it's definitely something that's very interesting to follow and to look at, you know, over the 25 plus years that I've been in the sport. Yeah, it's been great. Been interesting. I agree. And um, I think 2018 is going to be a fun season to watch both tours. I'm fortunate enough. I'll be fishing the FLW tour again this year. So I'm looking forward to that. I know a lot of buddies that are fishing the tour as well. And uh, so we'll be following those guys along. We'll be talking to all those folks. And then obviously on the BASS Elite Series side, we're going to be chiming in with all those great guys. Uh, Got a lot of friends over there as well, being over there fishing that event series for about six years. So, uh, man, it's exciting. Let's actually get right into it. We've got a rookie angler fishing the Elite Series. A lot of people probably haven't heard of this guy, but he's fishing the Elite Series and he might be one to watch because we do have that great record here on Bass Edge with bringing the anglers that bring the goods in the following tournaments. So uh, we're going to watch out for this guy, but hang tight. He's going to be lining up right here with Bass Edge Radio. This is Forest Wood Cup champion Justin Atkins. I'm Fletcher Strike, Bassmaster Elite Series angler. This is FLW Tour Pro Cody Meyer. I'm BASS Elite Pro Odney This is FLW Tour champion JT Kenny. This is Bassmaster angler Trace Saldane. Stay right here. More Bass Edge Radio is coming up. You know the importance of protecting your investments, so why use anything other than the toughest keel protector for your boat? Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our patented technology. KeelGuard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the most dependable, most trusted keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. KeelGuard keel protectors. Well, Bass Edge Nation, we've got another year and hopefully another great season of our Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight, and it's beginning now. As is generally customary here at Bass Edge, we'd like to introduce everyone to a new rookie angler on the Elite Series, and this year, absolutely no different. We're excited to have Chris Grow, 2018 Bassmaster Elite Series rookie on today's show. Thanks for hanging with us on Bass Edge, Chris. Hey, guys. I really appreciate Bass Edge having me on. We're certainly glad. 
glad to have you, like Kurt said. And I will say one of the things, you will probably be the number one fantasy fishing pick because Kurt and I have had really good success. It's almost guaranteed that you're going to go out there and have a wonderful season by being on Bass Edge in your rookie season. But uh, no, in all seriousness, what are things that you're looking forward to or maybe most excited about or least excited about or maybe perhaps a little anxious with this new experience that's kind of on the eve of happening in 2018? Well, first off, you know, it's, it's really, really exciting to be fishing against my idols. I feel that that in itself is living the dream. But uh, also knowing that I'm fishing against the best in the business, it just makes me really feel comfortable about my caliber of fishing. And as for least excited, I really, really don't know how I can have anything least exciting in this. You know, we could all talk about driving to the tournaments and all that, but that's part of the deal. That's not something that, you know, you're going to look down upon. But, you know, I'm living the dream and I'm not looking at anything from a negative standpoint other than just minor things. Well, Chris, that's great to hear. I'm sure you've got to be just butterflies in your stomach probably already, you know, here at the turn of the year. I mean, just things are ready to rock. So quickly, I want to pick your brain on some of your past. You know, the last couple of years you fished the Bassmaster Open Divisions. That's how you qualified for the Elite Series. And you actually fished all three divisions in 2017. You had some great finishes and you had some mediocre finishes. What do you feel like your keys to success to fishing those level events were? A lot of people trying to fish the Opens to qualify for the Elite Series. You've had the success. Help some people have their own success, if you will. Okay, um, it's simple. A couple things here that really allowed me to qualify. The first was I really said to myself, you know, in especially in 2017, that I was going to adapt all my strength to the bodies of water I was faced with. You know, if they're fighting a certain way, the doc talk, I kind of just tried to stick with what I do best, and that works. But there's an example of that that I learned from. So basically, the next lesson is learn from your mistakes, big time. And I think every fisherman has to. I mean, perfect event was the worst finish I had, Chickamauga. They were in my wheelhouse, and... I just decided to just not even look that way. And then, I mean, even coming home, my own team partner was just like, dude, you are an idiot. What are you doing? You know, so not going to lie to you, I learned a lot from that event. So I would say the two things is put your strengths on the body of water you're faced with and, you know, most definitely learn from your mistakes. Well, that's just smart business sense. And, you know, kind of speaking of just common sense or business sense, you know, when that elite invitation is extended. I think a lot of us, it's easy to just look at being an elite angler as the fishing part of it, right? But we all know, and especially you, I'm sure, that's not exactly true. Can you kind of elaborate on that business side of it and kind of your expectations going into this rookie season and what your findings have been thus far? Well, that's a uh, great question. (laughs) It's a really great question. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. I I knew it was going to be difficult. Okay, I'm not going to sit here and sugarcoat it. But this is going to sound weird. My expectations were, you know, kind of in there, but I really didn't think it was going to be as hard as it was. It's difficult. I mean, I'm still grinding right now, but the industry was awesome. You know, I mean, yeah, some people didn't step up to the plate, but, you know, Lawrence, TH Marine site, I, I can go on. They stepped it up and it's awesome and it makes me feel really good. Feel like I got a beer. But as for, you know, chasing the dollar, which is the almighty thing in this industry, it's been a little difficult. But, you know, we got some things coming together and a few more meetings here after the holidays and hopefully uh, get all that behind me and get, you know, in fishing mode. I don't want to go into the season with that worry. Well, as a follow-up question to that, Chris, are you maintaining an additional job? You know, some anglers try to do both. Some anglers just go full-time elite angler. Do you have a business? Can you talk a little bit about kind of of your personal situation as well? Yes, I do have a business. I own a company called Tile Tech and, you know, Tile, Marvel, Showers, the whole nine yards. Basically, 
sort of taking a step back from it. I don't know the better explain it is I throughout the years of having this company for 15 years, I always oh, I got favors everywhere. So basically this was my time to just, you know, come home, say I'm home for four or five days and I want to work three of them. I definitely will be able to go somewhere and work through all the people I've met in this hiring industry where I can get paid good, have no worries about the job, nothing sitting on the, you know, the back burner. And I'm able to just go work for an hourly wage, put some scratch in my pocket and get back to concentrating on fishing. So that's kind of how we're rolling that. And, you know, kind of passing business to um, a partner of mine that's involved that will keep the business afloat. That's a great position to be in. And I also think it's really interesting that kind of your findings and, and I've been in and out of the elite series a couple of times and been in this crazy fishing industry full time for 10 years now. And, and I think a lot of misconception is had out there by people looking from the outside in what they really think that happens when you get to the elite series or when you get to a pinnacle of, of bass fishing, that could be the FLW tour as well. And then actually the, the anglers get there and you never really hear about that story of what really happened with the anglers and how the business part of this sport comes together. And you're right. It, it's a grind and it's sometimes difficult to get those dollars. But obviously, Chris, I think that you articulate very well and you've got some great business sense. You have a successful company. Eventually, I think those things happen. But I think people believe that once you get to a certain level, it's like, boom, okay, all of a sudden this money's flying around and it helps you pay a lot of your entry fees and all this other things. But it's good to let people know that it's generally not that way. So I appreciate your uh, candor in that regard. I think it's important to let the fans know how that really works. So Yeah, and especially the kids coming up into the sport. I think that's huge. You know. Yeah, agreed. They've got to set their position correctly. If they don't, it could be a lot of heartbreak or even just discontent with the sport at that point. I've seen Kurt's entourage and, you know, he has a massage therapist. He has a boat mechanic, you know. Oh, I got to get that. He's got a logistician. Yes. That's how it is when you arrive, isn't it? Yeah, I love it. I'm still arriving. I think that's my issue. I'm still, I'm still on on Aaron's coattails. Actually, is <laughs> oh, no, here we Aaron, go. Aaron put me on TV back in 2006, and that was the beginning of my career. So I, I really have to thank Aaron for everything that's happened. And anyway, you know, I thought that he would be more forthcoming as time went on, but uh, anyway, I'm stuck here at Bass Edge. <laughs> Chris, you know, the reality is Kurt's just a webcam away from being a, a huge success. And I don't know why he, he thinks that I haven't been forthcoming, but he just hasn't accepted the position yet. So anyway, go figure. We better move on to okay, fishing yes, topics. Chris, let's talk about where you're from. You know, the list of anglers that have fished professionally from Illinois is kind of short, let's say. And, you know, we got Chad Morgan Taylor it was, you know, originally from Illinois. But you're from way up north, Illinois, above Chicago. I mean, you're cusping the Wisconsin border. The only elite series angler I can think of that's in, let's say, or has been in, say, a hundred mile radius of, of your location is Doc Merkin. Do you know Doc Merkin? Yes, I know Doc. Yes, I do. Awesome. Yes. That is so great. Yeah. I love Doc yeah. Merkin. He's the man. Did, have you fished with Doc before? Not fished with him, but growing up on the chain, you know, he's over there randomly. I'll see him in a couple of years, and then he'll go away. And then this year, you know, he needed to get some points in the choice division for English Choice. So he showed up at the last event, you know, said hello to me and congratulated me. So, yeah, I see him here and there all the time. Well, and the interesting statistic about the other thing about Illinois is, and I believe I've got this right, we might need a fact checker here, but Illinois was one of the first states that started the high school fishing back in the day. So just because there's only two of you that we know of in the Elite Series or has kind of dipped their toe in that, I guess we could throw 
right Kurt Morgan Taylor into that even though he relocated to Table that's Rock right. too. That's right. So, but uh, there's a lot of salty anglers that come out of the state. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it's definitely the complete opposite. There are some complete hammers. Some especially like Kurt was saying where I'm at I literally can throw a rock into Wisconsin, literally. So if I run east and west, I can run up on the Lake Michigan. I can go to Mississippi River, stay on the hot fox chain and fish. There's a lot of little lakes in southeast Wisconsin that are good. This place just puts them out, though. So, you know, that's the story of here. I definitely think the anglers I've fished against for over the last 20-something years to put me where I'm at because Illinois puts them out, Northern Hill specifically. That's awesome. Well, we look forward to uh, the new following fan base of the Elite Series up in that part of the country and maybe some new fans for Bass Edge too. I'm so happy we could kind of get this geographic thing down because a lot of people aren't going to know where Spring Grove is. So (laughs) Bass Edge Radio is going to take a short break in the action. Stay tuned as we return with 2018 BASS Elite Series rookie Chris Grow. Sign up to become an O'Reilly O-Rewards member today and start earning instantly. O-Rewards members earn $5 back for every $150 they spend, so if you haven't become a member yet, what are you waiting for? It's fast, easy, and free. O-Rewards, it's your road to exclusive offers only at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. See store for details. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Bass Edge, presented in part by Lawrence Electronics, returns with Bassmaster Elite Series rookie Chris Grow in the Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight. That's right, Lucas Oil high-performance marine products, from real oils to two-cycle outboard oil that surpasses all manufacturers' requirements. Visit them at lucasoil.com. It works. Well, Chris, before the break, we were talking a little bit about where you are from up there in northern Illinois. So I got to throw this out to you. The 2018 Elite Series schedule, what a are you looking forward to and why? Well, the obvious one is lacrosse. I mean, that's the one that sticks out the most because I have prior success there. The river's been good to me, so that's one. And then the other two are strange. First off, I'll go off the easy one, Kentucky Lake. I feel it's just going to set up perfectly for me. I don't mean to say it, but i just really, really excited about catching some big heads there. And the next one's a little strange. It would be the Sabine River, another one of my bad finishes in the Opens. I've never felt so confident for an event in my life last year at the Central Open there and things just crashed you know I've made some title mistakes made some order of spots wrong so basically it's another one of those cases of uh, they better watch out because I learned from other states on that one so that's good that's good and it's great you know that you've been able to fish the full schedule last year of the Opens because it really gives you a huge range of spectrum about hitting different waters places probably that you hadn't been very much and maybe some parts of the country that you hadn't been. I think the last couple times we've seen anglers qualify for the Elite Series that were able to fish a full schedule of the Opens the year prior generally do pretty well because they're coming into the season with some similar experience the year before of jumping from different location to different location all throughout the country. So I think that's going to bode really well for you. I love the Sabine River. I've done pretty good there a few times, but this year they're not allowing the Elite Series anglers to fish in Louisiana waters. How do you think that that might affect the space that's available for fishing in that region? Do you think that's going to affect the event very much? No, not at all. It's so vast. It's so big. And those fish are really, really getting used to the salt water. So your bass areas that are, you know, holding bass is expanding more and more. So it's like you talk to locals and you talk to anglers that are there. 
And I mean, I saw it firsthand. So I really don't think that's going to cause much difference. Good. I mean, what are you going to have a handful of guys going there? So Right. You know, up there in Wisconsin, close to your hometown. Obviously, you're going to be one of the top 10 favorites going into that place. Seth Fighter did really well because he was on his home lake. And you don't have a lot of elite series anglers that get up there very often. They fished the river a few times in the last five years. But this time of year really play into your strengths there on that body of water? You could say yes and no, but being a river fisherman myself, I feel that I'll be able to adapt well. You're just going to have to adapt with the species and make a decision. You're going green or you're going brown. That's the key right there. That can make or break that tournament. And, you know, if you could fix them up, even better. Well, good stuff there. And, you know, speaking of time of year and adapting, you mentioned you can take a rock and hit Wisconsin from your place. It's got to be cold up there, which generally means you've got hard water, the kind that you're probably going to have to be drilling holes for. And although I respect ice fishing how do you stay current or how do you keep your skills honed when the water's hard where you're at well of course you know a break is nice in this industry we all know that and a lot of partake in hunting me so much uh, deer hunting so i love that little part i get to get out in the timber and think again you know and i'm not gonna lie the mental side of the fishing drains you so sitting in the tranquil woods on an early morning thinking helps so um you know that's a tool for helping me other than that it really doesn't stop the mental side of things i'm always always doing map studies always doing internet research of where i'm at running tide charts for the tidal waters that i go to on the back of one of my doors i have every lake you know lined up for you know every 10 days or so i will check water levels and you know just literally write it out old school hand you know so i just try to keep my mental game strong read of course and you guys already know it's a battle you know rigging boats wrapping boats i don't feel i get out of the zone only for that couple weeks during the rut when i'm chasing deer so i kind of just try to keep mental strong you know and uh practice is right around the corner like being at uh today's show i'm going to be leaving later on today to head to martin for pre-practice. Well, and kind of along those lines, we all know, we have talked about it from day one here on all 270 episodes before you concerning the mental aspect, but on the time that you do get to actually be on the water, you know, you speak that you're leaving from Lake Martin, in these colder months of January and February, for anglers that are still willing to kind of hit the water in those colder temps, what are your preferred techniques, and can you break those down for us? Yes, totally. First off, you know, I kind of go into finesse mode, just especially because I just want to generate by that's kind of the big thing. So basically the way I'm going to direct this question is, you know, I'm not going to dissect like Thundersville or something. I'm going to tell you kind of what I'm going to do tomorrow, actually, on Martin. So first off, break in the boat. You know, that's huge. But drive. Drive a lot. Graph, 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 graph. And I want to find bait. I want to find structure related to bait. And, you know, schools of fish, because I feel that this is going to be an event where if I locate enough schools and get back there in February, I should be able to relocate a handful of them. That's the first key. But other for techniques, well, you know, those spotted bass, there's a ton in there. So I'm definitely going to be, you know, drop shotting, small swim baits through piles of baits. But some of the other key things in there I'm going to be doing is pulling out winter techniques, you know, pulling out the blade baits, pulling out spoons where I have to. Then the weather doesn't look completely great, you know, but I would like to chase some largemouth because they still are lazy. And if I can fish for them later on in the day and kind of figure out a way that they're going to bite, you know, I, I imagine they put on a little more weight than those spots there in Martin. Well, and along those same lines, do you find with those techniques that you mentioned, historically speaking, do you find that in these months that the presentation is better presented vertically? 
or horizontally or laterally in the water column, or does that just depend? I completely think video game fishing is huge this time of year. Very, very huge. Of course, you know, you're going to be able to cast to schools of bait and pick fish off. You know, that's the way it is when these fish are grouped up and feeding, but definitely vertical. It's going to be, you know, Domeki rig. I like using a little ice fishing jig. You know, I mean, sure, we got ice all over the place, and I don't feel like drilling holes, but I will fish that just the same as I would out on Lake Murray here over fishing for walleyes off the draft. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that, actually. You know, fishing up there in your part of the country, you guys fish a lot of horizontally, whether it's for smallmouth or walleye or whatever. Do some of those species that you fish for out there on the Great Lakes, maybe even in the summertime or before the water gets hard or, or when it breaks out in the early spring, do they translate to bass fishing? For instance, you talked about the Demiki rig. A lot of us didn't hear a whole lot about the Demiki rig until the Cherokee event last year in the Elite Series. So how does that work for you as far as putting together what you like to fish for? and maybe some multi-species stuff there in your area of the country and, and relate to uh, potentially some winter or super early spring bass fishing down south when those water temperatures are still in the high 40s to low 50s. Great question. Because we're surrounded by lakes that that technique is definitely does not come into play, especially my home body water and stuff. It's really, really shallow, dirty water. But we have Lake Geneva, you know, just three minutes, half hour west-northwest of here. And that being a lake that's got depths of water up to 160 feet of water, it's definitely a place that technique can be practiced. And, yeah, you're going to run into some walleyes and stuff, but mostly still going to be fishing for smallmouth and largemouths. As for your jigging techniques on the bodies of water that I live on, yeah, you're going to run into your walleyes and stuff, but it's a whole different gamut. It's just like old school, you know, going to Canada and dragging a leech type jigging. They don't feel I'm learning much off of it. But having Lake Geneva close by, a very clear, deep body of water, I'm able to basically do the things that I'm going to be doing at Martin there. Nice. That's awesome. Well, hey, guys, I love to talk to fishing, but we've got to move into our O'Reilly Auto Parts, better parts, better prices, everyday listener question segment. So uh, we're going to throw you a question, Chris. This question comes from Matthew Holly. Matthew asks, I fish a lake that typically has a few feet of visibility. However, heavy rains in the fall have left the water very muddy and it still has not settled out well into December. How can I target these bass when the water temperatures are dropping and it's still too muddy to throw typical winter baits like jerk baits? I'm going to give you a kind of a ramble of ways I would handle this right here. Basically, coming from a real shallow body of water that's dirty and I can put myself in the same shoes like we see this a lot a little earlier because right now we've got four inches of ice out there that's getting thicker every day. So basically what I would do with this situation is being a shallow water angler and that being my strength, I'm definitely going to get to some cover. Throw a square bill around, knock a spinnerbait around, kind of just get reaction bites from them fish that, you know, those large mouth that are still up shallow. But another technique that really, really works here is I try to look for drains. You know, you get a couple man-made drains, you know, a little creek bottom drains. That's going to clear the water up just a hair bit more than, you know, and a lot of times when you get in areas like that, there's bait. And we already know what happens after that. The bass are right behind it. So I would take those things right there, and I imagine you're going to be able to find some wintertime fish. And no other differences, if there's spotted bass in there in the dirty water, I would definitely go look for offshore isolated cover for them because you got the bigger rogue ones in that dirty water that'll move around. But basically the question I answered was for the large mouth. Well, and Chris, along those same lines, when you speak of the drains and the water clearing, which I think is fantastic advice, are there particular baits that you're going to, you know, if bait are in the area that you're going to be targeting those areas with? Oh, yeah. 
yes, yes, for sure. I mean, first off, I'm definitely going to go at it aggressively right off the bat and let the bass tell me what I'm going to do. You know, I'm going to throw a spinner bait in there, a square bill, just get some kind of reaction. You know, and if that doesn't work out, I'm definitely going to follow up with the jig, of course. There's some funny things, and, you know, not many people do this anymore. And, you know, this is a little trick here. I like, I'm not afraid to throw top water still in there. If that muddy water has narrowed those fish down to a drain and that's where the bait is and that's where the dinner bell is, get off of it a little bit and make a long cast with a bus bait or like a smaller walking type bait. I mean, I'm not saying I'm catching numbers, but I'll tell you right now, I'm going to take the bigger fish out of that drain. Yeah, that's good stuff right there. And uh, Matthew, you hopefully got the information that's going to help you put the pieces of the puzzle together to that cold, dirty water. Chris, thanks for answering that. And Matthew, certainly thank you for sending in that question to Bass Edge. But we do need one more thing from you, and that is to contact us either through our Facebook, social media, Twitter, Instagram, all the above, or simply log on to BassEdge.com. Click that Claim Your Prize section. Let us know that you heard your question answered here on Bass Edge episode 271, and we will get out that O'Reilly Auto Parts gift card. And as always, a reminder to Bass Edge listeners, keep those questions coming. Send in those to our website, BassEdge.com, or shoot us an email, support at BassEdge.com. Also, you can leave us a comment on our Facebook page or Twitter media pages to get the next O'Reilly Auto Parts listener question winner. Well, Chris, it's certainly been a pleasure getting to know you today and really look forward to seeing what is going to happen for you in 2018. I know uh, certainly just from talking with you, I think you definitely have things pointed in the right direction, just given your acumen and resume coming off of the opens, uh, certainly going to put you ahead of the curve of most anglers that's making that transition. But just want to thank you again for hanging with us here on another episode of Bass Edge. Any closing thoughts before we shut this episode down? Yes, first, I wanted to thank both you and Kurt for having me on. You know, all the Bass Edge listeners for listening. I just wanted to leave them with, you know, one thing. Follow me with my rookie season, the Bassmaster Elite. I appreciate it on, you know, all social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook. It's uh, Chris Crow Fishing. That would be awesome. And uh, like I said, I look forward to being back on here with you guys. Wonderful. And just so that people know, it's G-R-O-H. That's Chris Crow Fishing. So uh, they can find you out there on those media platforms. Chris, I'm going to send you off with four last questions for you. You ready for this, buddy? <laughs> yes, sir. All right. Here we go. Small mouth or large mouth? Smallies. What is the last picture you took with your phone? I had to look last night. It was my niece. Nice. And what is your favorite song? What are you going to be jamming to uh, down the road? Down the road? I don't know if this is going to be my intro song, but this is my favorite song. It's uh, Bad Fish. By Sublime is a good one. Very cool. If you were a brand, what would your motto be? Well, this is going to be the motto all year long. Go with your gut. Go with your gut. Love it. Thanks, Chris. Bass Edge Radio will return right after this message. Patented in 2000, perfected over years of testing and real-world punishment, the PowerPole is the ultimate shallow-water boat positioning tool. Swift, PowerPole deploys in seconds from anywhere in your boat. Virtually silent, PowerPole won't spook wary fish. Secure in strong current or gusting winds in up to 8 feet of water. Engineered to take it with a lifetime unconditional replacement guarantee on the spike. PowerPole, swift, silent, secure. Visit PowerPole.com to find a dealer near you. You know the importance of protecting your investments, so why use anything other than the toughest keel protector for your boat? Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our patented technology. KeelGuard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the most dependable, most trusted keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. 
Keel Guard Keel Protectors. Well, Kurt, I love that it's the first episode of the year. This one in particular is kind of unique in the fact that, you know, I, I've got to be thinking, even though Chris is a pretty seasoned angler on the opens and, and obviously has a, a pretty stout resume, there has to be just this little bit of anxious feeling as he gets ready to tackle the upcoming Elite Series. No questions. You know, lots of reasons to have some anxiety. You're going out there and fishing at the national level. It's totally different than fishing at the regional level. The competition is uh, different. It's more out dude you're no longer fishing against you know some local studs you're fishing against greg hackney or brian thrift or andy montgomery or kevin van dam dude it's serious so there is uh definitely anxiety and then just the whole process i mean you're diving into a realm that you've never been into and figuratively does not matter who you are you are in some way jumping off into a leap of faith when you take this plunge so um Shout out to Chris for taking the leap and uh, hope nothing but the best. Super great guy. Loved his interview and really enjoyed it. I thought it was a great kickoff to the Bass Edge radio season. Yeah, great point. It's not just a huge jump in the level of competition, but also a tremendous increase of financial commitment. So now you not only have, as we talked about earlier in Chris's episode, it's not just so much about the competition, but now you have that added stress of that financial pressure of having to perform because the stakes are much higher on both sides. So anyway, wish him the best of the luck. I'm quite sure that he's going to do okay. I just have this feeling I think he's going to be fine. But unfortunately, we have to bring the first episode Episode number 271 to a close for this January 1st edition of Bass Edge Radio. For Kurt Dove, I am Aaron Martin, and we will be on air again January 15th with episode number 272. Happy New Year, everyone. is presented by MegaWare KeelGuard. For more information on Bass Edge or to shop at the Bass Edge online store, visit BassEdge.com and be sure to join Kurt Dove and Aaron Martin right here on another episode of The Edge. Brought to you in part by Nitro Boats, O'Reilly Auto Parts, Lucas Oil, ProtectTheHarvest.com, Mercury Marine, Lowrance Electronics, PowerPole, and Rapaholic.com.